The revolution will not be televised, but it is being digitized right here on Digital Village. Hi, this is Rick Allen. And I'm Leilani Albano. On Digital Village, we're bringing you stories about the Internet and technology and how they're shaping culture, along with every other aspect of our lives. The digital revolution is indeed awe-inspiring, but can also be used for nefarious purposes. We're here to help prevent some of those abuses. You can hear us archived on kpfk.org. And digitalvillage.org. So, on with the show. Hello, this is Rick Allen, and I am with Brad Friedman. Tell me about the Bradcast. The Bradcast is on KPFK Live on Mondays at 3 and Fridays at 4 and then five days a week at kpfk.org. All right. Brad has um, been with us for uh, at least a decade talking about voting and uh, especially voting machines and the implications of uh, not using a backup system of paper ballots. Now... Here we are. I'm ready to correct you already, Rick. But go ahead. Oh, please no, continue. I'm going. Uh, okay. No, go I ahead. said backups. Uh huh. I didn't say instead. I'm going to get to that part. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, good. Go ahead. Okay. Now you've ruined my whole opening. No, no. Please continue. <laughs> so, Brad. Yes. Brad has been uh, w- with the show for at least a decade uh, talking about voting, especially voting machines and how their flaws lead to incorrect results. I have to ask. Yes. Voting. Talk to me about your concerns. <laughs> well, uh, Amy, uh, th- uh, there are a lot, quite a few concerns uh, when it comes to voting and when it comes to elections. Most importantly, uh, the concern is oversight, public oversight of elections, election results, Uh, Voting, the ability to vote and democracy itself, which is under attack this year from all fronts and may not actually exist. People I hear a lot of uh, folks here on KPFK say, oh, we don't have a democracy now. Well, okay, you could make that argument. It's a poor argument. What I would say is we don't have a uh, perfect democracy. We don't have anything nearly close to a perfect democracy, but we can work to improve it through uh, democratic channels. What we won't be able to do after this year, potentially, is have any democracy at all. There are that many uh, elements of the system which are now at threat that uh, makes, for me, the 2022 elections uh, likely the most important uh, elections, certainly in midterm elections in modern history, perhaps all the way going back to the Civil War at this point. So there's a lot... uh, at stake here in these uh, 2022 midterms. Well, let's start with uh, voting systems, mm-hmm. uh, in particular, the Dominion voting systems mm-hmm. and uh, how uh, many uh, GOP-leaning people are thinking that they were sabotaged, although uh, all the proof that's come out, even uh, even some of the, old, uh, the right-wingers' own uh, ninja groups mm-hmm. have, have proven that... Uh, uh, that uh, in 2020, Biden actually got more votes. Uh, so now what's happening, especially in Nevada counties, there are people that are certain that Dominion voting systems uh, were were incorrect. So now they're demanding hand-counted paper ballots. Now, um, hand-counting is uh, is one way to do it. But you're saying, you're saying basically while you have spent couple of decades uh, uh, mm-hmm. talking about computer tabulated ballots. 
you're you haven't called for hand counting, but for a hand count pilot projects. Could you explain that? Brad? Very good. Excellent distinction, sir. Yeah, because a lot of people have been saying, well, Brad, uh, now that all these right wingers, these uh, MAGA folks are calling for hand counts, suddenly you're against them. Well, in fact, I'm not actually against them. Hand counting still is the only actual way to know if a ballot was correctly tabulated, uh, if the election results are correct one way or another. You have to hand count to find out. That said, so I have have long had concerns about voting systems, uh, voting machines that you actually vote on, as well as the tabulators that, you know, tabulate even hand marked paper ballots. Mm -hmm. So I've long had concerns about that. I've long tried to point out that the only way to know if a ballot is correctly uh, counted is to actually hand count it. But now you've got these right wingers who have suddenly embraced this idea. Great. Fantastic. However... They have no idea what they are doing. They have no idea how to actually do a public hand count at the precinct in front of the public uh, on election night, you know, with with all the parties looking, video cameras looking, everything else before those ballots move anywhere. Exactly. They're sort of haphazard saying, well, let's hand count. Let's just start hand counting. They're even doing hand counting for early voting in the county you're talking about in Nye County. As we speak. Um which is not the way you do this. For one, when you count before Election Day, as many jurisdictions do with tabulators uh, for early uh, incoming ballots, whether they're vote by mail or whether it's early voting, um, those votes are tabulated. In theory, no one looks at the results because they're tabulated by computers. Now, in theory, no one looks at the results. You don't want people to know what the results are prior to Election Day. You don't want to tell parties what they are because then they can go out and we need to improve our turnout over here or our, you know, we're losing over there. So it's very important that those and and according to the law, that ballots results are not released prior to the close of polls on Election Day. How you do that if you have human beings actually doing hand counts of the ballot is unclear to me. So how you prevent that information from getting out, because now you're going to have a whole bunch of people who know what the results are leading up to Election Day. Furthermore, the other problem is the idea of doing hand counts is that it allows the public to oversee the actual tabulation. If you're doing it in secret, which is essentially what they are now doing in Nye County, the public can't oversee it. There is no way for the public to know that they've been tabulating it correctly. Essentially, that, you know, defeats the entire purpose in the first place. So these folks don't know what they're doing. Uh, You know, they have been wildly misled about elections and how they work, how election technology works, how election fraud works. They have been lied to from top to bottom, top being Donald Trump, uh, down to folks on the ground who falsely believe without any evidence at all that these voting systems themselves are changing results on them. They think it's Dominion voting systems. The fact of the matter is Dominion is no worse or better, frankly, than uh, the several other companies that also make these machines. So it's a mess. As we head towards November 8, 2022, uh, and frankly, we've, we've barely scratched the surface of my concerns. 
Right. Now, uh, didn't they do uh, ad hoc hand counting in uh, Esmeralda County uh, in Nevada uh, for their, I, I think it was after their June primary? How did that go? Yeah, that well, it did not go well, and it was ad hoc because Esmeralda County is the smallest county in Nevada. And again, you had folks who were terribly lied to and misled about fraud there. So they said, well, let's avoid the machines. Let's hand count them in the primary. Well, fine. I'm fine with that. But they clearly did not know what they were doing because the smallest county in Nevada, they had 317 votes. It took them, if I'm remembering correctly, something like more than seven hours to count 317 votes. These are people who do not know what they're doing. It does not inspire confidence in the results, which is supposed to be the whole point of the process of public hand counts. Right. <sighs> yes. Now, in contrast, mm-hmm. uh, have uh, they've been doing uh, uh, something in about 40% of the towns in New Hampshire. Yes. Uh, what, what's the difference there? Well, they've been doing it the right way. And they have been doing it uh, that way now for years, uh, going on decades, actually. So in New Hampshire, and this is the model that if you do want to do hand counting anywhere, and I'm in favor of it, you know, but not without doing pilot projects to determine its feasibility, to determine how long it takes to uh, set up very simple and clear protocols to understand how many counting teams you're going to need and, and you know, what protocol, how they're actually going to do it, because there's different ways to do hand counting. So in uh, New Hampshire, in about 40 percent of the towns, yes, on election night, the polls close. And the people of the town gather at the the polling place, the precincts, and they actually volunteer to do hand counts right then and there at the precinct with the whole public, the whole community brings their chairs, they're watching. It's a fantastic, it's a beautiful exercise in democracy, frankly. And they count the uh, count the ballots. And because they have developed a protocol, because they know what they are doing, they are often done in these small towns, having hand counted all the ballots, all the races before the towns that use the computerized optical scan systems. So I don't think it's impossible. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, that's fine for a small town in New Hampshire. You can't do that in a big town like Los Angeles or Nye County, Nevada. But you can but you have to know how to do it, and you have to understand how long it takes. And it's just a matter – everything scales up. So if you're using teams of four to count ballots, then instead of having three or four teams of four, maybe you need 10 or 15. Maybe you need 100. If you're in Los Angeles, maybe you need hundreds of counting teams. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because we got a lot of people in Los Angeles, lar- largest voting jurisdiction in the, in the nation. But you have to understand what you're doing before you go in or you risk. And this is what I'm most concerned about, is that you risk uh, ruining the idea for everyone else of hand counting. And this is where the Democrats and folks on the left are kind of a problem, which is they say, well, people are not as good at counting as machines, which is not true. Uh, they say that it's, it'll take too long, which is also not true. If you have enough teams, 
New Hampshire has proven that it can happen even faster than the computers can count them. But you have to plan, and I'm worried that these folks on the right are going to do hand counting. It's going to be such a disaster, and evidence suggests already that it's such a disaster that it's going to ruin public oversight, public hand counting of elections for decades to come uh, because they're screwing it up and, and doing it wrong. Go figure. Well, let's uh, talk about what happens before the uh, ballots actually get to the counting stage. Mm -hmm. And this has been something we've uh, you kind of predicted in earlier uh, broadcasts when Mm -hmm. the show airs. It will have been the beginning of last week that you uh, uh, warned us about. Uh, people maybe in uniform with with ammunition and masking that they would be out at uh, they would be staked out at the drop boxes and sure enough that's happening yeah. uh that's happening in a lot of the uh so-called red states and uh every once in a while uh, there'll be some police uh, that will be escorting these kind of people away but apparently from what i've been hearing and that hasn't that's not happening enough. Yeah. Well, we just had a uh, Trump appointed federal judge who said what the folks are doing in places like Mesa County, Arizona and Maricopa County, Arizona. Maricopa's Maricopa big. is Phoenix. Um, that's just fine that they can show up in tactical gear with masks on and armed with weapons in the parking lot where people are going to drop their ballots into the drop bo- absentee you know, drop box and essentially scare the hell out of them, intimidate them, that there is uh, that that is just fine. This is a Trump judge has decided this. We call this voter intimidation. I know if I was going to the ballot box and I had somebody in a mask and tactical gear and a weapon, I would be concerned about wanting to show up to do that. Now, the sort of let's call it good news is that while these wingnuts are so concerned about absentee ballot drop boxes because, again, they have been lied to about them. I guess these people are so stupid that they don't realize that voters, you know, two weeks before an election, you don't have to go to a drop box. You can go to a mailbox. The same absentee ballot can be put into a mailbox. Hopefully it gets there on time. We've got concerns about that. But... You know, this notion that if someone was trying to defraud the election by uh, loading up the ballot box uh, weeks in advance with all sorts of fraudulent ballots, and there is zero evidence that that has been done. But even if they were trying to do that, they don't have to go to one of these drop boxes to do it. They could do it at a regular U.S. mailbox or the post office or anywhere else. You mean that we still have a U.S. post office? It hasn't been taken over by private Uh, entities yet? Well, uh, that is one of the things I was referring to when I said, well, there are other concerns with the postal (laughs) service. And not not just the private entities, but the guy who Donald Trump put in charge as the postmaster general, uh, Louis DeJoy, is is still the postmaster general. And uh, much as in 2020, he appeared to be slowing down the mail uh, that could absolutely be going on now. So, yes, you do have those concerns as well. I said there was a lot of concerns that I have this year. And, yeah. and, and, and actually, we haven't even talked about all of the breaches. I don't know if that's on your list. Yes. But, so well, I don't want to ab- jump ahead. You, no, you, no, you, that, you, okay. that's next. Okay. Right. All right. okay. Fill, us, fill in the breaches. Well, we have had, since we've had uh, Donald Trump and all of his uh, 
duped minions lying about uh, fraud and lying specifically about Dominion voting machines as, again, as if they are worse than any of the other voting and tabulation machines. Uh, What we have seen since 2020 is we have seen, we have now come to learn, has been an actual organized effort by folks on the right, led by folks like disgraced right-wing Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, to actually break into, in various ways, to break into uh, county election offices and to open up computer voting systems and to make copies of hardware and software that that are highly sensitive systems and then release this software around the country. And uh, over the Internet and around the world, in fact, Uh, this means that for the past two years now, you have had folks studying these systems, learning where their vulnerabilities are, and that could be exploited in 2020. Most disturbing about this is in a lot of these cases, it's actually insider election officials. For example, Tina Peters in Mesa County, Colorado, different Mesa County, Mesa County, Colorado, she was... The uh, the county clerk there and she actually snuck into her own supposedly secure voting equipment room in the middle of the night with two accomplices, one of whom she created a fake ID for so they could uh, buzz them in through the door or whatever. She went in, middle of the night, turned off the security cameras because there was nothing illegal about it, of course. Mm. You always turn off the security cameras when you're doing something that is not illegal and made copies of all of this software weeks or months later. This Tina Peters woman, the, again, the elected county clerk of, of Mesa County, Colorado, is speaking at uh, Pillow Boy Mike Lindell's dumb cybersecurity forum or whatever he called it in South Dakota. And as Tina Peters is speaking with him about all of this election fraud for which Mike Lindell was never able to prove any evidence whatsoever, as she was speaking, suddenly the software from Mesa County that was copied, the secure software copied in the middle of the night, is released across the Internet. She says she knew nothing about it, of course. She doesn't know how that happened, but it did happen. People did have access to that software. It happened just weeks before we had a very critical recall election here in California for the uh, governor, that the unsuccessful recall election by Republicans. And here in California, we use some of that very same software. So now you had folks here in California and actually around the world terrified world-class election security, cybersecurity experts who were going to the Secretary of State of California saying, hey, we got a problem. The very software we use here has just been released around the world. Now our elections are at threat. Anyway, this all comes from this one county uh, clerk, Tina Peters, who's been ordered by a judge to stay the hell away from elections. She then ran for for the primary for the uh, Secretary of State in Colorado. She lost. She lost in her own county. That's good. But it all came from her exposing her own uh, voting systems to the nation. And at least in her case, she has now been charged with 10 criminal counts, seven uh, felonies and and three misdemeanors. That's good. But that's one example of what we're now seeing all over the country, including in Georgia, a county called Coffee County, where, again, the uh, Republican election officials there invited in These clowns who pretend to know anything at all about voting systems to copy software, hardware ballots, scanned everything and puts the state of Georgia at risk because the state of Georgia 
uses the same voting system across the entire state, and it's all programmed in one place at the state. It's a centralized system. It's a terrible system made by Dominion, a touchscreen voting system, 100% unverifiable. But now that they got the software from this tiny town of Coffee County, very right-leaning uh, county, now they can use what they learned there to essentially game the entire state of Georgia, where you may have heard there are some very, very important elections coming up on November 8, important not just for Georgia, but for the entire nation and therefore, I would argue, the entire world. Right. The pastor versus the uh, <clears throat> father of many children yes. who he helped uh, abort. Who seems to be doing a better job of uh, than Planned Parenthood of assuring abortions around the state of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we needed a little uh, <clears throat> dark humor there. Yeah. Hey, Brad, I'm wondering about the Democrats. Uh, have they backed themselves in a corner when it comes to their own ability mm. to challenge election results? Yeah, unfortunately, that's, well, I was going to say that's the downside of all of this. All of this is a downside. <laughs> but yes, especially what the Democrats have done. You know, they came out of uh, the 2020 election insisting this was the most secure election that has ever existed since the beginning of man. Yeah. Uh, not sure where they got that idea. They probably would have been better off to simply say, well, you know what? We have seen zero evidence that the results were wrong in 2020. If you have any such evidence, please show it to us, because every piece of purported evidence that has come forward turns out to be bogus and easily disproved. Yet the Democrats have said, you know, it was the most secure ever. These voting machines are secure. They cannot be hacked. There is nothing to worry about when it comes to our election. Anybody who says so is a right wing. MAGA Trumpster idiot. Including Bolsonaro in Brazil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doing everything Trump did. You're yeah, railing yeah. against voting machines before yeah. the votes are even counted. Yeah. And well, because that is true. Many of them, most of them are, you know, right wing duped MAGA Trumpster idiots who are absolutely wrong about their allegations. The problem is in the insistence from the Democrats that elections cannot be a hacked, cannot be be in error just by misprogramming because every single one of these computers is actually programmed and Garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, programmers screw up. This is not unusual, and it happens all the time in our elections. So to presume that everything is going to be fine, we you know don't need to worry, well, what happens is if there's a very close election, since we're talking about Georgia, if there's a very close election in Georgia, let's say Herschel Walker wins by a few votes, uh, a few thousand votes, whatever it is, over Raphael Warnick, the Democrat, the incumbent Democratic senator, well, I would want to check that election if I were a Democrat to make sure that, in fact, Warnock lost. But the Democrats have put, them, put themselves in a place where they've called anyone a loon if they question results. This does not put them in a good place if they need to question results in Georgia or anywhere else this year. Right. Um, I told you I had just a few worries about... <laughs> This year's elections, Rick. Yeah. It's very interesting that people are echoing or mimicking what Trump did. And it's also very interesting that, that a lot of the GOP people up for election, be it re-election or, or challenging a Democrat, mm -hmm. uh, very interesting that they have gone to parrot 
Trump's uh, claims. Lies. Yeah. yeah. Lies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, let's let's say let's call it what it is of uh, mainstream media and even NPR, which for the for some reason cannot use the right words. Challenging. I mean, no, they're not. They're not really challenging. They're they're lying. They're lying. And this comes after, uh, you know, 2020, when Donald Trump tried to steal a presidential election before our very eyes. And it's remarkable the the backflips that the corporate U.S. media is going to to not say what we all know to be true, that Donald Trump through multiple. He thankfully he's a failure. So he failed uh, on a whole bunch of fronts. But. Uh, he tried multiple times to steal a presidential election. And I guarantee you, had a, any Democrat tried even one of those ways yeah. to steal an election, the media would have been describing it as such. Candidate Joe Blow uh, tried to steal the election. In Trump's case, they won't say he tried to steal the election. They'll say he tried to overturn it. He tried to right. reverse the results. He tried to undermine the results. <laughs> there you go. He wanted to redo the election. He wanted to stay in office, uh, you know, uh, for another term. They instead of simply letting informing the American people what Donald Trump did, Donald Trump tried to steal an election. He failed. We stopped him. But he will try to steal an election again, I guarantee you, if he's allowed uh, to run in 2024. And he'll have help. And that's what's really scary, because the stuff that was unlawful for him to do in 2020 may not be unlawful anymore in 2024, depending on how the 2022 election goes. Right, because there's all these newly restrictive voting laws adopted by by the GOP-controlled states, uh, shortage of poll workers. Of course, death threats could scare a, a 75-year-old woman away from, from being a poll worker. Mm-hmm. It used to be so calm when you went in to vote, <laughs> and I can't find your, oh, here you are. Yeah. Here you are in the ledger, yeah. Rick. Now, here's your ballot. Yeah. You know, (laughs) those people, those folks, those uh, poll workers were then and still are now absolute heroes. And if anybody's hearing this before the 2022 election or before any other election, please go work as a poll worker. You are desperately needed. And, and, you know, especially, you know, during COVID, I mean, these folks were unbelievable heroes to this nation. Yes. Um, that said, with all of the the litany of things you just mentioned, laws making it harder to vote, all of the threats, everything else, it's worse than that. Because not only are those election, those 2020 election liars, they're not deniers, they're election liars uh, that you talk about. Not only are they running for office, they're running for office uh, for positions that will allow them to prevent democracy from happening at all in 2024. They'll be able to shut down a presidential election. Uh, for example, in Arizona, both the uh, the re- Republican gubernatorial candidate, Carrie Lake, and the Secretary of State candidate, Mark Fincham, are both 2020 election liars. They have both said they would not have uh, certified Joe Biden's victory in Arizona back in 2020, mm-hmm. despite all of the evidence that Joe Biden won. There is zero evidence that he did not. 
And yet the Republican gubernatorial candidate, the Republican secretary of state candidate, both positions that would be responsible for certifying the results Mm -hmm. in 2024. Both of them say they wouldn't have done it in 2020. I have every reason to believe they will not do it in 2024 unless the candidate they choose wins. That is an extraordinary threat. That is why I say 2022 may be the last election that is close to a democracy in these United States. And that's why it is maddening. And that's there's one other issue at the Supreme Court, which if we have time, we'll get to. But absolutely maddening when I hear from folks on the left who tell me there is no reason to vote. We don't have democracy in this country. There is nothing we can do here to help. Um, you're just encouraging them if you vote. Hmm. One thing that I have done this year that I have never done before, Rick, which is I have told people they should vote for the Democratic candidate, whoever it is, not because I give a damn about the Democratic Party, but because I give a huge damn about democracy. And I believe that is what is at stake this year. I believe anyone who tells you otherwise has either been lied to and or does not understand the stakes. I believe it is that important that people vote for Democrats. I believe it is that important that they vote at all this year because so much is on the line when it comes to democracy. Again, I've never done that before. And I will still fight like hell for anyone, a Republican or any other party, Green, Libertarian, Independent, I will still fight like hell for their right to vote, to have their vote counted as cast, and for them to know that it has been counted as cast. But anyone who does not understand the stakes here has either not been paying attention or has been lied to. Or is part of the problem. Yes, all of the above. And something that bothers me is also if if our democracy is threatened here at home and we're supposed to be the light at the at, on yeah. the top of the hill yep. uh look at uh, all those other uh, authoritarian figures who uh who are just waiting to point fingers uh, mm-hmm. uh putin at the at the top of that <laughs> that yep. heap yeah um saying yeah well you, you know uh it, it's uh, democracy doesn't doesn't really work uh you know, strong leaders will get the job done. But enough about Elon Musk. Yeah, there you go. There you go. No, you're absolutely right. That's why it is not just American democracy. If American democracy falls, it falls, you know, democracy falls across the world. You mentioned Bolsonaro. You mentioned Putin in those places. Uh, it is, well, and certainly in, in Russia, it is already gone. But he's, you know, looking to expand mm-hmm. his empire which I hope that people on the left who call themselves anti-war will notice that, you know, Russia is expanding empirically into other into other sovereign nations. The very same thing that we have criticized the U.S. for doing when we attacked sovereign nations. Well, guess what? Now the empire doing it is Russia attacking a sovereign nation. And mm-hmm. they should be condemned just as we condemned the U.S. when it was us who was doing it in Iraq or everywhere else. Right. So, yeah, there is a lot at stake here. And I would add one more point. I know we probably ran way too long for you already. That's okay. I have the power of the edit button. Okay. All right. Don't take out my best stuff. Anyway, there's a a case being heard at the Supreme Court called Moore v. Harper. Mm -hmm. If the uh, corrupted, stolen, and packed U.S. Supreme Court, Republican U.S. Supreme Court majority 
goes with this uh, challenge that Republicans from North Carolina have brought. Basically, citing uh, a section of the Constitution and uh, offering this bizarre interpretation to it that they insist means that state legislatures may make any law rule that they wish concerning federal elections in their state. Mm-hmm. And nobody can tell them that they are wrong. The governor cannot veto it. State courts cannot find, say it's unconstitutional according to our state constitution. They have complete and unfettered rights under the U.S. Constitution, they are arguing, to make any rule they want for an election. As a matter of fact, that means that even uh, ballot initiatives that voters have approved Those are unlawful. Those are unconstitutional. The only ones who can make these uh, rules are the state legislature, which means if the state legislature says, you know what, I don't like who the voters voted for for president this year. We're going to change that. We vote that it wasn't candidate A. It wasn't Joe Biden. It was candidate B. It was Donald Trump. Donald Trump is going to get our slate of electors. That's it. And can't no one tell us that otherwise. Otherwise, right. That is who they will send, this, the Trump slate of electors to uh, Congress. So the way they tried to steal the election in 2020, they were stopped. The Supreme Court is now about to decide, well, you know what? The, uh, the U.S. Constitution does say that the state legislature can make any law they want under the elections clause. Any law they want regarding elections is 100 percent up to them. No one can say anything about it, not the governor, not the secretary of state, not the Supreme Court of the state. And that means that uh, literally there will be no democracy in 2024. Um, or even if, a if republic. Yeah. If this is the way the Trump Republicans on that Supreme Court go in this Moore v. Harper case, I can't underscore how important it is. And again, that brings me back to why people must vote for Democrats so that Democrats can get two more two more seats in the U.S. Senate. They must hold on to the House. And if they do all of those things, then they can uncorrupt the U.S. Supreme Court by unpacking it, expanding it, rebalancing it with reality to, you know, 13 justices or so and overturn these dangerous, outrageous, precedent-busting decisions that the U.S. Supreme Court has made. We must have reform there. And by the way, even if we add those extra seats on the Senate, even if we hold on, uh, Democrats are able to hold on to that uh, House, there is no guarantee that Democrats will do the right thing and expand the U.S. Supreme Court. But I guarantee you, if they don't have the ability to do it by, you know, killing the filibuster and so forth, I guarantee you, Republicans will not do it. And if you think the decision in Dobbs, you know, that undermined 50 years of privacy rights and reproductive freedoms uh, from Roe v. Wade, if you think that was bad, buckle up, because this Mm -hmm. is about to get a lot, lot worse. You can say goodbye to the Voting Rights Act in its entirety. It's been chipped away for years. It will be gone and much, much more. That is why, again, for the first time, I'm recommending that people fight like hell to elect Democrats in 2022, whether I like it or not. And on that uplifting note, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to 
Brad Friedman of bradblog.com and KPFK's own Bradcast. Uh, Remind us again, Brad, uh, when that airs. Heard Mondays live at 3 p.m., Fridays at 4 p.m., and five days a week, five different shows every day of the week at kpfk.org in the archives. Thank you very much, Brad. We'll see you next voting system. I mean season. I'm sure it'll all work out great. That's the attitude I wanted to end on. That's it for this episode of Digital Village. You can hear us archived on kpfk.org. And digitalvillage.org. Thanks for listening to Digital Village. I'm Rick Allen. I'm Leilani Albano. And we'll see see you online. online.